glory. I feel it. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hey guys, remember, no matter what goes on, and it's wonderful, the things of God are so marvelous. But remember, church is to be enjoyed and not endured. Amen. Just because we come into times, and I really think there's, I'm excited about what the Lord wants to do in each and every one of y'all's lives, but that doesn't mean you can't have a good time doing it. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think we're, yeah, we go ahead, buddy. I'm going to just pop the clutch. And so I'm going to welcome people. All right. Well, good morning, everyone on Facebook, everyone here in person. But again, enjoy your walk with God. Yes. I think one of the biggest things uh, we're going to be startled with when we finally get to meet him face to face is just how much fun he is. I think we're going to be like, uh, you know, I thought you were going to be a lot more serious. You know? <laughs> but I think we're going to get up there and realize that it's joy unspeakable yes. and full of glory. Right? Amen. Come on, y'all. Yeah. You realize you can't experience the nature and the glory of God without happiness. Now, y'all are going to get me preaching somewhere else if y'all don't start smiling, okay? <laughs> no, for real, have y'all ever met church folks and you think they were baptized in pickle juice? Come on. You know what I mean? They look like they, they, they don't know what a good time looks like if it snuck up on them and hit them upside the back of the head. Amen. Remember, the, Caleb and I were talking about earlier this week, there's a verse uh, in, I believe it's in the Psalms. It says, happy is the man whose God is the Lord. If you ever wondered what a key of happiness is or what a key to happiness is, it's that the Lord is your God. So that must mean, A, he wants you to be happy because he said when he shows up in your life, you will be happy. Yeah. So I want you to just look at the person next to you and just smile real big. Amen. Just smile real big. Be all happy, excited, joy-filled. Amen. And I'm excited for that. So as we start this morning... And I want to try to cover some thoughts as quickly as I know how. And Kevin back there is awesome. Um, but, but I really want to get into a time of activation, a time where we're listening to Holy Spirit and we're looking in the Word. Because today, if you haven't before, today you're going to find yourself in the Bible. Amen. Does that excite anybody at all? Amen. How many of you have found yourself in the Bible? You can say, that verse talks about me. Can anybody just raise your hand up? There's a couple of folks that know, a few people. How many of you, that's a brand new thought. You're like, uh, I didn't know I was in there. Anybody? I mean, never, hey, have it never have sought it out, right? That's right. Many people haven't even thought about it, right? Now, remember, and I say this, yes, the Bible is a book that principally tells us who God is, who Jesus is. Right, the main subject. You hear a good, you know, church question. Who's the main subject of the Bible? Come on, Jesus. That was Jesus. That was a softball. It was Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the main subject of the Scripture. But how many of you are in Jesus? So guess who is also a main subject of Scripture? Because if you have been baptized into Christ, if by grace through faith you have been saved, did y'all know? I'm gonna back up. I just okay. Just back up. Make sure everybody knows that. Y'all know that's what happened to you when you accepted Jesus. When you said, "Jesus, I believe," 
and I ask you to be my God, and I make you the Lord of my life, and we do just like the prayer we did here, and Lord, I now will begin to follow you. Paul tells us that what actually happens in the spirit realm is when that faith rises and you give it voice, it says that the Holy Spirit takes your spirit and baptizes you into Christ. That's why we do water baptism. Water baptism isn't just a nice church ritual. It is literally an outward demonstration that the Holy Spirit immersed me into Jesus. And now Jesus is my home. Amen. 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 Does that make sense? And you've been baptized, so you become one with Christ. So, yes, as much as the Bible is a book that tells us this is who Jesus is, it's also a book that tells you who you are. So you will find Jesus, and therefore you will find yourself in the pages of the Bible. And guys, listen, and that's what you're looking for. You're looking to know two people when you read Scripture. Who are you, Lord? And who am I because of who you are? Because it's our identity. So that's why for us that follow Jesus, the Bible isn't just a religious book. The Bible isn't just a holy text. Right? It's not just some thing. But it is literally... Man, how did you say that to me when we were praying back there with Miss Teresa? I got I to say it just right. So it's like this. So scripture isn't just something that we read. It is something that we are. That's right. Yeah. Right. Did you know that it, the Bible has been written on your heart if you believe in Jesus? Did you know that? Yeah. Right? I mean, y'all, I think one of the things, if, if I could show you your spirit, your spirit would be all tatted up. <laughs> right? Your spirit, man, would be tatted up because Jesus wrote, it says in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. And let's go look at that real quick. I want to lay some foundations in. It's important. Hebrews chapter 8. Verse 10. And it says, For this is the covenant, God speaking. This is the covenant, and all covenant means this is the promise. This is the promise that I will make with the house of Israel, which is the Jewish nation, but it's also you and I because we are Israel in the Spirit. So this is the promise that I will make with the church. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their mind and I will write them on their hearts. So your heart and your mind have been united with the Bible. Mm. Praise God. Isn't that good? How many of you have been told uh, your whole growing up life, you got to get the word of God in you? Anybody ever said that before? No, you got to get the Bible in you. You got to get it in you. You got to, you know, you got to get Miss Teresa. You got to get the Bible in you. Now, please hear me. I'm, I'm going to be a little mean, but I can because I've been in this a long time and I'm old, right? But, but listen, that's not a hundred percent incorrect. 
but it isn't 100% true either. Because when you were born again, God wrote the Word of God on your heart and He put it in your mind. So when we actually say you got to get the Word of God in you, what we're meaning, what preachers mean to say is, is that when you read this, it is showing you what's already in you. It's not, you're not trying to get this from outside in. You're reading it so that it can come from the inside out. So I want to free us as a church because I've met so many believers that they beat themselves up because they're, well, I just got to get the Bible in me more. I just got to get the, I just, I don't have enough Bible in me. Anybody ever been yes. beat up by that before? Yeah. Hey, listen, you got the whole Bible in you right now. Is that a new thought for anybody? Y'all all right? Y'all, uh, Brother Hagin said y'all kind of looking at me like a cow at a new gate. That's all right? So we try to get our kids to memorize scripture. Mm-hmm. So what, what would you say? So again, well, that's wonderful. I think we should all memorize scripture, not just our children. Mm-hmm. Just like you memorized your name. Mm-hmm. That's because that's just who you are. Yeah. Wouldn't it be odd if my name was Brad? But I kept forgetting every second Tuesday who I was. And I kept answering to names that weren't mine. But do you know that's what so many believers do? Right? They, they forget. And, and again, go to James. You're jumping ahead, but I appreciate it. Go to James chapter 1. And Holy Spirit, as always, I'm so dependent on your help. James chapter 1. Look at verse 21. Here it says, So therefore, James writing, lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness. Again, just to hit a pause right here. Again, remember that as we're born again and saved, we can still do wrong. We just don't have to. We're not enslaved to sin anymore. We're not enslaved to wickedness anymore like we were before we believed. But we still can. That's why James says, hey, listen, just lay it down. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. If, if, if you've got something going, just lay it down. Put it aside. So we lay aside filthiness. We no longer have an overflow of wickedness that comes out of us. But we receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Now, now here's my next question. Who implanted the Word? God did. The Master Gardener. He implanted the Word into you. Right? Amen. And that Word saves your soul. It says, but, in verse 22, but be a doer of the Word, and not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, right? And observes himself and then goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So again, just in this analogy from James, what is the mirror? The word. So when I go to a mirror in my house, and I look into the mirror, what is the mirror showing me? This morning, what did it show me? 
It showed me to my me. Yes. Did it show me somebody else? No. Did I poke? You know, my brother's here with me. I'm so glad to have my brother. If y'all haven't met my brother, there he is. Hi, brother. Amen. <laughs> and so, but you know, I didn't go into the to the mirror this morning and see Michael. Who did I see? I saw me. Right. So here, James says, when you go to the word and you look into the word, if the word is the mirror, what's it showing you? Me. Yourself. You. Yeah, it's awesome. That's so good. Come on. That, that, this, so when you read this word, you see yourself. And that's why he says, but many go away and they forget. So why do we memorize? Why do we constantly read? Why do we constantly listen to messages and sermons? And why do we do all these wonderful spiritual disciplines? The same reason you got mirrors all over your house. Anybody got more than one mirror in their house? Come on. Come on. You got, how many you got, how many got at least one in the bathroom? All right. Where else you got one? How many got one in the bedroom? Right on a closet door. How about, have got one right as you exit the house? One right there by the door? No, but I want one. But she wants one. You hook me up. Yeah, I hook you up. But how many of you got one and you got mirrors? Why do you have so many mirrors in your house? So you can constantly take a peek at who you are. Yeah. Is this? Huh? They reflect They reflect light. I mean, they do all kinds of but, but But listen to me. So why do we memorize? Why do I come and I listen to messages at church? Why do I need to listen to messages from other ministers? Why do I need to have more than one version of the Bible? Right? Why do I need to read it in the morning and probably read it in the middle of the day and probably read it before I go to bed? Is it because I'm an idiot? No. It's because the instruction is you want to constantly... Because Read the next verse here in James. But he that looks, and that word look there in the Greek language is interesting. It means to continually, perpetually, without fail. Wow. So this, is, this isn't a passing glance. How many of you, like me, you look in that mirror and you don't always believe what you see because it's older than it was? <laughs> and, and if you're like me, you see new spots. Anybody finding new spots? I, I don't know. Real close, I don't, and, and, and that's and I'm looking. I'm like, going, I don't. What, what's that? That wasn't there yesterday. What is? You know what I mean? And you're looking, and and that's what he's saying. He says, the one who looks deeply, continually, perpetually, and without fail into the perfect law of liberty, and then says, and continues in it. Which means once I see what I am, I continue in what I see. Does this? Yeah. So this is why we memorize. This is why we study. Not because God goes, Brad, you're a big dummy. But because, yes, on one side, like he says, part of us that hasn't been saved yet, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, has not been saved yet. It is being, as was said, renewed. But what's it being renewed into? The Word. The mirror. Into who we actually are. 
Does that make sense? Because it's a constant renewal, not to something we're not, but to something we are. And that's why God only talks to you from who you are, irregardless of what you do. Have you ever noticed his language towards you never changes? He says, you're righteous, you're holy, you're accepted, you're loved, you're beloved, you're sin free, you're sickness free, you're lack free. He says these things constantly, right? Why? Because as Paul says, because he knows you there. That's one of my favorite verses still. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 towards the end of the chapter. Right? Paul is talking about, he says, And there's a day coming when I will know myself as I have always been known. Who has always known me? He has. But from where? From heaven. From himself. Does that make sense? It's why I'll pick on Selena just a little bit, you know. But Selena, you know, being her her personality self, she could be more inclined to the negative. Anybody else like that? I'm sometimes more inclined. I'm more naturally optimistic. Selena's a little bit more naturally pessimistic. That's not me being mean. Would you agree? And, yeah, we're not going to fight later or nothing. I don't have to sleep outside. Everything. I don't have to say everything. But but because of that, you know, we'll get to and, and Selena will start putting herself down. Anybody ever put yourself down before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Selena will start putting herself down. And we've created this little phrase in our marriage. I'll say, hey, now listen, remember, nobody talks bad about my wife, <laughs> even my wife. Yeah. I don't let anybody talk bad about my wife, including my wife. And I appreciate it. But listen, but Jesus says the same thing about you and I. He says, hey, listen, nobody talks, Jesus says, nobody talks bad about my bride, including my bride. Yeah. Amen. Is it, y'all all right this morning? Yeah. I just want to inspire you guys. You are locked with Jesus in the pages of the Bible. Right? And because, again, the Bible is more than just a, a, a human book. It's more than just a physical book. We know Hebrew says it's a living book. It's alive. It's powerful. It's literally, it says, filled with the very breath of God. It says every word in this book, Paul told Timothy, every word in this book was uttered and breathed from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. Come on. How many of you know that the word is the anchor of everything? I'm going to show one more verse to you and then we're going to get to where we're going. Go to Psalms 138. Is this okay this morning? Psalms 138. And look at verse 2. It says, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. Now notice the last phrase of the second verse. For you, who is that? God. For you, God, have magnified your word above all your name. Did y'all, some of y'all didn't catch that yet. Did you hear? Did you hear what we, hear the writer David says, For you, God, 
you have magnified, exalted, made bigger, made higher your word above all your name. The word is the most important thing in all of creation and eternity and spirituality. Why? Because God said, I will take my word and I will place my word above my whole name. But who's in that word? You are. So God's word about you is the highest truth you need to go after in your life. Does this make sense? Now, please hear me. And and if people can start writing on Facebook, I'm not belittling Jesus. I'm not talking about I am God. I got to do all these disclaimers, right? I'm not saying I am deity, right? There is no job openings in the Trinity, right? God's not looking for, he's not looking for a new partner in heaven. You know, I'm not going to go open up another branch of heaven in some other universe. None of that, right? But he said, hey, listen, I have taken my word and I have put my word above all. And then I took that word and I put that word in you. Then I came as Jesus and became that word alive and in flesh. And then I took you and I put you in me or in my word. Wow. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? So guys, listen, because we're still talking about prayer. So when it comes to prayer, before we start praying, that's why we get a word. Does that make sense? And that's why we said a few weeks ago, and that's why one of the first words that God will give you is a word about your identity. Do y'all see this? Because again, if his word is above all, then whatever God says about whatever, it reigns. And I don't have to worry it. It's just there. Right? But again, but if I don't know who I am, again, if I'm a forgetful hearer, if I don't know about myself, then I will speak into the situations of my life from someone I'm not. Does that make sense? Again, it's why some people don't get healed is because they're talking and speaking and praying and declaring over their illness as if they're sick. And they don't know they already got the victory and they are the healed. That's why you hear me say all the time, I am not a sick person trying to be healed. I am a person that God filled with his health that will kick any sickness that tries to attach itself to my body out the door. Amen. Does that make sense? See, see, y'all see that shift? Because, but listen, but who are you? And there's two, again, there's going to be broad stroke generalities, right? How many of you, you're a believer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, good. You believe. Awesome. How many of you, that means you are righteous, which just means you're right with God? Now, some of y'all got weaker on that one. I saw, I saw, I saw. Believer. Everybody's hand went way up. Righteous. Maybe. I don't know. Does that, notice it. How many of you, you're righteous. That means you're right with God. God's not mad at you. Why did those hands go back down? God's not mad at you. He's not even in a bad mood toward you. Because you're right. Because you're a believer. Yes, very Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, this is one, again, I've told this joking story before. It was our first argument. You weren't even married yet. You understand that you are holy. Come on. You might know. That, I mean, you're holy. You're holy like Jesus is holy. You're holy like heaven's holy. That's why you can go to the throne room with boldness and confidence because you're not dragging any unholiness in there with you. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so these are, this is who he said you are if you believe. This is what he makes you into when you believe. This is where we pray from. This is where we live from. This is where our identity is. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, is that a question? Yes. out there I'm like, I know that's true I don't get that I don't, I don't know I don't get it to whatever I don't get it does that make sense yes. but I know it's true yes. I don't have to get it for it to be true and so many people that's how they approach God once I understand it then I'll believe it you'll never believe it Well, well, that's why, again, so Isaiah called it in his book. uh, He actually said it like this. Isaiah, the prophet, says, who is going to believe this? That's what he says. He says, who is going to believe this report? Who, God, I'm prophesying about what you're about to, and this is all in Isaiah 53 and 54, about Jesus coming and what the Messiah would do. And he's like, who is going to believe this? Who is going to, this is just, it's like I pick them before, all of, all of our Walker County Jasper folk, where are you? Come on, loud and proud, come on, come on. <laughs> Woo, come on. So I say that because, come on now. You'll never change your place if you're not proud of your place. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just throw that one out there and you can meditate on it later. You'll never change your place if you're not proud of your place. That's why people don't clean their house. 
So anyway, that's all free. So does that make sense? So, so but listen, so everybody knows Carl Cannon. What if I told you today and today only, if you go to Carl Cannon Chevrolet in Jasper, Alabama, they're giving away 2023 Chevrolets, one dollar. Your, your, how many of you, come on now, who, who believes me? You'd all be gone if you really believed. Does that make sense? But see, that's what Isaiah was saying. Who is going to believe that you're actually going to take away all of our sin? Who is going to believe that you're going to unite yourself with us and bring us into such a oneness that even the demons in hell will say, I know Jesus and I know Paul. And they were equal. Who is going, and and Isaiah is going, this is just a little too good to be true. That's why we call it the gospel or the good news. That word gospel literally means the too good to be true news. And so back to what you were saying, Kirk, yes, there'll be times where we'll read stuff and we may not get it. It's truth. And the journey begins by saying, Father, this is true. This is true about what you say about yourself. And this is true with what you say about me. And I don't have to get it. I don't have to understand it for it to be true. I'm just going to go. That's the proverbial quote unquote blind step of faith. Not blind because it's unknown. Blind at times because I don't see that yet in me. I can look at me and I can, and y'all have heard me say that's the proverbial gap, right? I can look at Brad, I can look here, and there's a gap in places, right? I can look there and go, man, God, that's what you say. That's what truth is. I can look at me in my life right now today, and, and we ain't matching up yet. Everybody say yet. Yes. But I have to say this, but what's here is truer. Is that good English? Yes. Truer than my experience. Yes. Does that make sense? Again, the problem with most Christians is they have more faith in their experience than they do truth. They they, they more greatly believe in their experience Mm -hmm. and they let the experience dictate everything. And that's again, and they become a forgetful hearer because then what they do is they align themselves, right, with experience. Instead of saying, I'm aligning myself with truth. And what he says about me here is the truth. That's that's exactly right. Well, what what will happen, Kurt, is this is the more I have learned and journeyed in. Okay, God, this is what you say. This is true. So this is who I am. So, Lord, I will begin. I will begin to live from who I am. Right? And again, is, it, uh, is, this, is this all right? Man, we still got to get some more. So much, again, there's so much that I, I'm excited for you guys because it came up in prayer. And, and I'm excited because um, you're going to see yourself in Scripture like you've never seen yourself before. And you won't have to worry about what you're going to do with your life. It'll be easy. Yeah. You go, oh, I'll just go do that then. Yeah. Let's just go do that. Why? Because that's just who I am. Yeah. Amen. The, 
Does that make sense? Y'all, y'all all right? But again, what happens sometimes, Curtis, is it's like, anybody got new shoes? Anybody got a new pair of shoes? Yeah. Anybody want a new pair of shoes? Maybe that's a better question. But, you know, you go get that new pair of shoes and you put the shoes on, right? And on one side, how many of you know a new pair of shoes don't feel quite right at the beginning? Right. Right? Because it's just new. They're not broken in yet, right? You haven't worn them. Like, again, movie reference, very unashamed movie reference. Parents, I'll let you use your own judgment. But we like that old romantic comedy called Hitch. Right? Anybody seen Hitch? You know, Will Smith and all this stuff. Hitch is there. Neat, neat movie. I like it. But my favorite line in the whole movie, because of what it, it does was this, is, is he's helping this little nerdy dude. Right? Remember, because Hitch was like the date doctor. And right, and he was trying to help, you know, kind of guys that weren't really cool get the girls that were. Yes. Remember that yes. in the movie? So there's the real dweeby, nerdy guy, and, and he's showing up, and, and Hitch is giving him the once over, and he says, Okay, great, you got the shoes. And, and the guy goes, I don't think these shoes are me. Y'all remember that? And then Hitch looks at him and goes, Hey, you is a real fluid subject right now. <laughs> yeah. You look good in the shoes. She's going to love the shoes. Those are good shoes. Yes. Sometimes we're like the nerdy dude in Hitch. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we put righteousness on and we go, I don't know if that's just me. Right. And, and, holy, and Jesus goes, hey, remember, you are a real fluid subject right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave you the shoes. I provided the shoes. You look good in the shoes. Those are your shoes. Holiness doesn't want, hey, I made the shoes. I want you to see this is who you are, not who you're trying to be. If I could say this, I've said this to a number of people and seen it radically change people's lives. If you would just stop trying to be a Christian and just be one, you'd be a lot more happy. Because too many believers are trying to be. And it's not about trying to be. It's about looking into the mirror and going, that's who I am. That's who I am, so I'll just go do that. Amen. That's who I am, so I'll just go be that. Right? And it might be new to me. Hey, there's a lot of stuff, Kurt, still in this book that's brand new to me. I mean, I'm going to share y'all something. I'm going to give you a story here in just a minute. And uh, it's been there. But I tell you this, it's nude. Got it in the office about an hour and a half ago. And I'm like going, I can see me. But I'm going to have to try. I'm going to have to walk in that a little bit. But I can see enough of me in it to go, yep. Brought my wife in and I had them and I said, hey, I need you to read this. And tell me if I'm crazy. Right, and sometimes you might have to do that. You might put stuff on and go, "Hey, uh, Kurt, this look good." You know, does, does, this, about, does, does this truth make my butt look big? You know, you might. <laughs> Very good. I'm gonna look in the mirror. Does that make sense, though? Yes. But this is why it's important. Go to Luke chapter four. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I hope this is inspiring as I feel it is. It is Luke chapter 4. So remember, we, we said last week that Jesus is a big word. Jesus is our archetype, 
right? Jesus is the big pattern. So what we see in the life of Jesus is for us, right? So do y'all know how Jesus discovered he was Jesus? Now think, have you ever thought about that? Now if anybody could like throw down some pretty spectacular cards, right? Hey, my mama was a virgin. Pow. Right? Hey, listen. Day I was born, big star. Pow. Hey, listen. Day I was born, tons of angels. Pow. Hey, two years later, hundreds of dudes travel for a long way and bring me a lot of stuff. So if anybody, when it came time to demonstrate this is who I am and could have laid down some pretty spectacular stuff, it was Jesus. But when that day came, Luke chapter 4, verse 16 says, So Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up or his hometown. And as was his custom or habit, he went into the synagogue or the church on the Sabbath day or for Sunday. Right? And he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty the oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus opens the Bible and finds a passage of Scripture and says, there I am. And says, I will found who I am, not on the spectacular things, but on this word right here. So listen, if that was what Jesus did, then what should we be able to do? When people come up and they say, well, man, who are you? You should be able to go to a passage and say, well, read these verses right here and you'll discover who I am. Do you have those verses? Do you know where you are in Scripture? Does that make sense? If you don't, I'm going to encourage you make this your new quest in life. To say, Lord, show me where I am here. Right? Because I can pull out my driver's license and I can bring out my birth certificate and I can look at the bill that comes in the mail and I can know a little bit about me. But when I find myself here, then I'll know why I was made. I'll know why I was born. I'll know why He created me. I don't know why he set me apart from my mother's womb. I'll be able to look and go, wow, I just didn't find myself in a book. I found myself in eternity. And I'll have an anchor for my soul that will never shift and will never change. Again, as you all know, we live in an age where confusion is being allowed to run rampant. People are gender confused, sexual confused, just straight up plain old ordinary confused, right? I mean, does that make sense? And, and, and we're, we're encouraged to believe that's just normal. We're encouraged to believe that's just the way it is. When it's never been that way. 
when your maker, your father made you, I want you to think, he anchored you to a piece of a living book. He wove your story into his story. But listen, let's keep reading. So Jesus, I mean, if that was enough, if Jesus would have done, bam, and laid out, that's in Isaiah chapter 61, if he had just laid out Isaiah 61 and said, deal with it. Right? I mean, and, and there was, that would have been enough. But Jesus was extra. Right? I learned that in Walker County. I'm proud of that. I learned that Jesus was extra. Right? So he goes, so he closes the book, he gives it back to the attendant, he sits down, and the eyes of everyone who were on the church that they were fixed on him, and then he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Guys, that's our attitude. Listen to me, one of the things God wanted to tell you today is are you ready to make that kind of declaration about you? Are you ready to have the boldness of your spirit to where you can take people to your place in the Bible and you can say today you're looking at that verse walking around. Come on, does that make sense? Oh, you've never... And again, John later says it. He says it in his letter, in the first letter. He says, no man has ever seen God at any time. But if we love one another, he's made visible to all. Amen. A, so see, John says, hey, yes. So I just thought something that's helpful when we're looking through the scripture. Uh-huh. A year ago, you had shared, when you were reading the scripture, and something just kind of pops out of Yeah. Like, if you're reading the gifts about apostles and preachers and something kind of like catches your attention, yeah. it's worth looking at. Absolutely. Being you. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be you. Again, y'all heard me say, so let me just lay out this pathway with this, and we'll get ready to go. Is this okay? Everybody okay? Yes. Backside's okay? Heart's okay? Because, yeah. I mean, I understand that the heart can only receive what the backside can endure, right? And that's why I bought squishy chairs, right? So you give your heart a chance to get more, right? Um, and so, but let, so what you're going to notice, and if you're here, and we're in just a moment, I'm going to ask Selena to come play, and we're going to take time, and I want you to begin to record who you are. Now, again, if some of you are here and you raise your hand and you say, yep, I know where to find me, then I want you to write that verses down. Some of you are like, I don't even know where to start, right? All morning, you start at the, at the broad stroke things. You are righteous. You are holy, right? You are pure, right? You, you start with what I call the general. Now, God will faithfully lead you to the specific. I'm about to share with you a, my journey as a pattern. Does that make sense? And, and, and I do that not in any way to try to puff me up, but I do that just as a way to hopefully help what that looks like. Because today it happened for me, for your sake, in that room just a little while ago. Amen. But I want to walk you through that journey because it just didn't happen in one shot. It wasn't just shazam. Bam, there it was. Does that make sense? It's, it's been a journey in my life, and it's probably going to be a journey in your life. That's okay. Enjoy the journey. Right? Does that make sense? 
but one more instance with this, uh, just to prove the point, two or three scriptures will, will show you what's established. Go to Acts chapter 13. So again, even in the life of the Apostle Paul, right? If anybody could drop some pretty spectacular cards down, hey, Jesus knocked me off my donkey onto my donkey, right? I mean, you know, Jesus showed up that day, voice from heaven, man, dude, I didn't even know showed up. I mean, he could throw, but later in Acts, let's say John or Acts, Acts. Thank you, because I was in John. I was making sure I was the only one that was confused. Acts chapter 13. So here in Acts 13 is one of the times it's when Paul and Barnabas are in a place called Antioch. And and there's some struggle going on, as always was, between Jews and Gentiles and what Paul was doing. But if you jump down and we'll pick up around verse 46, it says... So then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and they said, it was necessary that the word of God should come to you, talking about the Jews first, but since you reject it, and notice this phrase, and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life. Have you ever wondered what it looks like? That's what unbelief is. Unbelief is simply someone who has judged themselves unworthy of eternal life. That's what they said. Does that make sense? But since you judged yourself unworthy of everlasting life, behold, I will turn or we will turn and go to the Gentiles. Now notice verse 47. For the Lord commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. And Paul quotes Isaiah chapter 42 verse 6. So notice when Paul is in a place of contention with people about who do you think you are coming here and saying what you're saying. Again, Paul could have gone to Jesus showed up. Paul could have gone to Ananias showed up. Paul could have gone to some pretty spectacular stuff. But Paul went to Isaiah chapter 42 verse 6 and said, because this is who I am. And if you read all of Paul's stories together... Jesus, this was one of the verses that Jesus quoted to Paul when he had that vision on the road to Damascus. Wow, good. Jesus actually takes Paul to Isaiah and says, that's you. Now go to them. Isn't that something? So you see this pattern. I say that to encourage you, God is going to show you who you are. And you'll never have an identity crisis ever again. Because you'll be able to go to somewhere and go, that's me. There I am. And then you can have fun with it. Like I do and go deal with that. (laughs) Why'd you do that? Bam. Right there. So here's my story. Where do we start? A long time ago when I was young, I was Courage's age actually. A little boy in a small Pentecostal church in Tennessee laid hands on me and said, you'll preach the gospel. You'll go around the world. Right? And so it began, and I knew some basics. But again, as awesome as the spectacular is, you can't build your life on it. Amen. That's right. But you can build your life on Scripture. Amen. Right? Again, but it's, it's too many are wanting to build their life on the spectacular. Amen. 
The spectacular is wonderful. It's like Christmas. You should have it often. You just can't have it every day. (laughs) Does that make sense? But you can daily build your life on the Word, and it will carry you into places you've never even imagined. Amen. Amen. But I'm trying to to find that where to start. And really, go to Luke chapter 24. Debate because they're kind of, they almost happened at the same time. Luke 24 and Matthew chapter 9. Go to two places first. Luke chapter 24. You got 10 fingers, right? I, I have never even sent you to all your possible locations, ever. You got 10 fingers. You can find 10 places at one thing. Luke, Luke chapter 24, but we're going to start in Matthew chapter 9. 9. 9. Matthew chapter 9. And I'm just telling you my journey, because here in just a minute, you'll either begin yours or you'll move deeper in your process. But I'm expecting that by the end of today, there will be some of you that will find yourselves in Scripture in a way that will cement you so powerfully. And some of you hopefully have been inspired enough to start the journey of discovery and try to go find it. But mine started in Matthew chapter 9. Because I was always moved, and you've heard me say it so many times with verse 36, but when Jesus saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion. See, guys, those phrases, that whole phrase, that's marked my whole life ever since I was a young person. Ever since I was a teenager, thank you. Ever since I was a teenager, right? Those phrases and those things about Jesus that he could see people He could see them with their eyes and it would move him. And it would shift things on the inside of him. That's marked my whole journey. Does that make sense? It's why I pastor. I'm going to read it to you. Right? And then these verses are because, and it's it's my expectation. Right? I I don't ever have a day that I, I don't in some form or fashion go into the day going, Lord, if you'll show me who they are, Lord, I'll love them. Lord, if you'll, if you'll just help me see them, that's all I've got to do is to not be so busy or distracted or unaware that I don't see them. But if I can see them. Does that make sense? It's why we'll never dim the lights in church. <laughs> And I know that's cool. I know that's hip. I know that's the trendy thing to do. And it's supposed to set the mood. But with all of my heart, I believe it's why we don't see the move of God more than we do in our churches. It's because we've literally encouraged people to stop looking at people. We've hidden people from each other. And how can your heart be moved if you do not see? Does that make sense? So these verses marked me for years. And it's how I've done a lot of now my whole ministry. I see stuff and I'm not trying to, you know, weird anybody out. But I see you guys and I know things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm drawn. I've, I've seen people and, and I know. I, I just know. Because the Holy Spirit moves me. Mm-hmm. And I know my part in their life. And I know what I'm supposed to do. Just, why? Because it, huh? 
I don't, I don't see dead people. No, I don't see dead people. That's why. <laughs> One day I will, though. I'm excited about that day. I'm going to see all the dead people that day. Amen. Because I'm going to be dead with them. It's going to be great. I got, I got a list of internal questions. Y'all think I'm even kidding. I mean, I'm getting more excited about dying than I am about living. And I know that uh, sounds very funny. But the moment you get really excited about dying, you'll actually start living. <laughs> That's a whole other message for a whole other day. But it says this, and this is why Jesus said he saw because they were weary. The people were weary and they were scattered and they were sheep without a shepherd. Right? And, I, and, and that first marks me. And it's marked me for years. That's why people say, what's the greatest ministry in the world? I say, well, man, being a part of a local church. Why? Well, because that's the only one I see Jesus actually said we could ask for. <laughs> do, y'all, do y'all see this? In these verses, they, they, they stick with me. And they inspire me. Right? But this is a... I don't know if this helps, right? And then, if you jump over to Luke chapter 24... And this one's been with me for forever. It's one of my favorite stories. It's, it's one of the top Jesus stories that I love. Right? And again, and I, and I encourage you to pay attention to your Jesus stories. Right? How many of you have a favorite Jesus story? Right? If you don't have a favorite Jesus story yet, get a Jesus story. I love all the other stories in the Bible. They're cool too. But I want you to have a Jesus story. Right, a favorite Jesus story. Why? Because most likely that Jesus story will be connected to who he's made you to be. Because you'll be identifying with yourself in him. Do y'all see that? See, to, it's like every believer gets a piece of Jesus. That's why together we make up Jesus. Does that make sense? So each and every believer comes in, Jesus takes a piece of who he is, and he says, okay, this, this is me, and now it's you. And that's why you read the Jesus stories, and one of two things happens. You either get really excited, and you're like, yes, that's awesome, or you get really mad. Does that make sense? And you go, that's what's wrong with the church. If just more people did what Jesus did. Right, da, da, da. and then you're off to the races you go. Well, that's, that's because that's you. And guys, listen to me, and all those that would want to be in ministry one day, I've finally come at peace to realize I'm going to do one or two things with people. I'm going to inspire you or irritate you. <laughs> and I'm now at peace that either one is just fine. Because <laughs> yeah. both get you moving. Right, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. I'm either going to inspire you or irritate you, right? Now I'm a nice guy. Amen. And you heard me say, if I rub your cat backwards, if you'll just bring it to me, I'll try to help lay the fur back down. Amen. But if you leave here with your cat fur going the wrong way, that's your own fault. Does, does that make sense? But here's the story. So Jesus is resurrected. He's walking after his resurrection. And... He's on a road and he, he bumps into, so again, you got to imagine the disciples are discouraged. They're very discouraged. They think uh, their whole world has come to an end. Everything they expected didn't turn out like they wanted. Anybody else felt like that before? So it's two of them are walking on a road to a town called Emmaus, if you remember the story. 
And for, and for a short time, I'll just brief. And so Jesus, and, and again, Jesus is just fun. Yes. So Jesus shows up, but disguises himself, mm-hmm. like spiritually somehow. Mm-hmm. So there he is walking, and they don't know it's him, mm-hmm. right? And he's there, and, and then he's picking on them. He says, well, why are y'all so sad? And they look at him and go, well, where have you been? You've been living under a rock. It's Jesus. And he goes, well, Jesus who? (laughs) Jesus who? What? And they go on and say, what's happened? And then Jesus jumps in and goes, well, oh. well." And Brad paraphrased. He goes, well, don't be a dummy. It was supposed to happen that way. And it says, and Jesus from the prophets all the way through the law showed these two guys everything he must have suffered and gone through in order to be Messiah. And he shows them this. And, and then it says they come to a crossroads where they were going to stop. And, and then Jesus pretends that he's going to go further. Uh-huh. <laughs> go on, y'all ain't laughing. That's just funny. I mean, I mean, there's Jesus just messing with these guys. They're just all upset and, and sad, and he's just messing with them. I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> Right, And so he makes like he's going to go on and they beg him, hey, no, stay here with us. And so he turns into the hotel with them and they sit down and get a, I don't know, a McDonald's filet of fish sandwich or something like that. And says that when he picks the food up and blesses it, their eyes are opened. They see who he is and then he disappears. <laughs> That's just, I, I'm totally doing that when I get, I'm totally going to mess with people. Right? I mean, that's why God doesn't give me certain abilities right now, because I just mess with people. And Jesus messing with them. But here was their testimony, and this is what has rung in my heart for years. Did not our hearts burn within us when he opened the Bible to us? And guys, that has been a motivation in my whole life to say, Lord, I want to. That's me. I want to do that. I want to be able to walk with people and open up the Bible to them and say, look at that. Have you see that? Do you see that? Because listen, because I've learned like that, because it was a seven mile trip they took that day from where they were going to where they were. They walked seven miles. Those dudes left their French fries and filet fish sandwich sitting right there and went back to Jerusalem. All the way, another seven miles to go find the disciples and share what Jesus had shared with them. Listen to me. I've learned that for most people, if they live a passionless life, it's simply because the Bible hasn't been opened to them yet. And that's my, you see, because I just know if I, if I can just open the scripture to people, God, if you'll just help me. Just show me how to do that. I don't have to worry about passion. I don't have to worry about purpose. You'll walk another seven miles when the scripture's open to you. Does that, do y'all see? Does this help you? This? And then finally, let's see if you'll be ready to pray. And what we're going to do, I'm going to share one more story with you, one more verse of scripture. And then Selena's going to come play. And for all those that are willing, uh, we're just going to take time. And I want you to seek the Lord and begin to ask Him, Lord, so where am I in the Bible? Show me me. 
Now, again, it's a little after 12. If you need to head home, uh, once we get going, you can just dismiss yourself. I would encourage everybody to stay for at least a few minutes and give it a shot. But, but after we kind of come into that point, you'll be free to go if you wish. Right? And totally okay. Nobody's going to look bad at you. Nobody's going to be like, oh, they're leaving early. Not spiritual. Nobody's going to be thinking that. Nobody's gonna, I, just, I just know for the hour. I was, I was hoping I'd be done sooner. But anyway. But a number of years ago, do you remember how many when I told you about the dream? It's about 10 years. That's what I was thinking. I didn't know. It was right around the time we were leaving Canada, I think, and coming here. It was, if I remember right, I was, we were still living in Canada, if I remember right. But very few times, it's actually only twice that I know of for sure. I shared some of it on the camp out with the young people. But only twice in my life I can say with confidence, God gave me a dream. Right? And so in Canada about 10 years ago, I'm, I'm, I'm asleep, obviously, it's a dream. But I'm sleeping one night and God comes to me. And he shows me an image and he, and he shows me like one of those classic Old Testament looking dudes and, and the stories going on around him about what's going on. And the spirit just kept saying, you're Ezra, you're Ezra, you're, and all through the whole dream, that's all God said is you're Ezra, you're Ezra, you're Ezra, you're Ezra, you're Ezra. And I remember waking up and my thinking is, okay, well, I know it's a book in the Bible, but who in the world is Ezra? Because I joke and said back at that time that those pages of the Bible were still stuck together. Right? Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Y'all got pages in the Bible still stuck together too, right? And so I'd never read Ezra in my whole life, even as a pastor. Never even thought about Ezra till that dream. And so I said, okay, Lord. So I began to look and study Ezra. Right? And began to look and, and again, things that, that I knew at the time. And I, and I wrote them down this morning. But they're thoughts that have been with me about Ezra one is that uh, his name means the Lord has helped right and that's truly all I've ever wanted to help is just man just help folk help folk find him and help folk follow him but there's a whole list of other things if you study it that Ezra did and 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 I've thought about these things and till I put it all together about an hour and a half ago this morning uh, is it okay Trying to just mention this is it's a journey. It's gonna it'll get real on you, but it'll change you. Um, warning: Don't do this unless you actually want to be changed. Yeah. If, if you're real happy being who you are right now, just just you leave. I, don't, I mean, just you'd stay or whatever you want to do. But Ezra, you know, Ezra was skilled at communication. Ezra repeatedly said, "Lord, your will, your way." Right? Ezra simply gathered the people that were needed to do the job at hand. Right? Ezra knew how to assign leaders and to give people place. And this was the one. Ezra restored proper marriage and values within family. Does that make sense? So today... You go to Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. Oh man, okay, God. I've heard you. Uh, it says in verse 10, because Brad has prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it 
and to teach the statutes and the ordinance of Israel and God's people. It says, and this is a letter written by the king of kings, Artaxerxes of the Persians, to Ezra, who will be a priest, he will be a communicator, and he will be an expert in the words and the commandments of the Lord. And today, this verse has been fulfilled in your ears. Amen. But listen to me. It's, uh, you can have that. If you want it. You can so find yourself in this book that you'll find yourself, you'll read things. And I tell, and, and, and I showed those verses to Selene and she goes, Brad, you've been those things for years now. And I said, I know, I just didn't know where I was in here. I know hints, pieces. I went and read it this morning, those chapters about Ezra, and I re-looked at the pathway and I'm like, oh my goodness. That has been our whole journey. And now it'll be our continued journey. Does that make sense? Get ready to play, please. And I hope you all hear me. I, I, I don't say that any other than I can't talk about you. I can only talk about me. But if you're willing this morning, if you'll bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I ask you to give the spirit of wisdom and revelation to every person under the sound of my voice. Lord, begin to show them who they are in the pages of the Bible. Lord, bring scriptures to their memory like you did mine this morning. Scriptures that they had forgotten that they had read. Scriptures that they knew nuances about themselves were hidden there. But they hadn't been courageous enough to put their name in it like you just challenged me to do today. And to be willing to say today, Lord, this verse today is fulfilled in the hearing of the earth. In the hearing of the ears of people today. This is who you have made me to be. Amen. Now while Selena plays, what I want you all to do is I want you to just begin to write down those verses. I want you to record those verses if you know what they are. Just begin to put the addresses down, the references of that.